Prepare to enter the Elf Tree. Hi there, world. Hi there, everybody. I'm Ian. And I'm Jose. And welcome to the show this week. We, uh, we're we on week 64. With, wow. with some With some exceptions. We're over a year. If we played every... I mean, I guess we hit that at 52 weeks. Yeah, we did. Okay. We did. We did had we a big talk party. About that? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, we, hit, we talked about it on episode. I know, but we I get mean, blazed listen, on the shows and sometimes I don't remember. Listen to us. We're here talking about episode 64. I mean, we've done this almost every single show. That's true. I know a lot of shows that know know a lot of their episode numbers. You know, like the Smodcast that became Tusk was like Smodcast 256 or something like that. I go in excited because obviously we're having to create the file names and yeah. everything. So I know it's 64 and yeah. it's like, oh gosh, we're 64 episodes. My gosh. We did but that, it's like that every show. We did that kind of on purpose because we wanted to have some sort of structure to the way we ep- named mm-hmm. our episodes so that we looked as legit as possible. Yeah. And by doing that, we we locked ourselves into always having the episode number in the title. Well, the question is, is our show legit? And that's... that's uh, hey, we are so legit that we have yet to quit. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I mean, I, I think we're just we're as legit as we want to be. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I don't want to be anything other than what I've been trying to be lately. Ian, get your goddamn hand off my leg. <laughs> this is inappropriate behavior in the studio. Shout out to Mr. Gavin DeGraw. Yes, Gavin DeGraw. For his, his great... His, the, the, that, was a, that was always a really good song. His first mm-hmm. album was just... Just incredible. I don't know much of his. Ma- I know who he uh, is, and I've heard his songs, and I've heard his hits, but I never delved into his catalog. But I mean, he's got kind of a real good power to him, to yeah. the 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 way his his songs are orchestrated, and uh, he the way I was introduced to him was a two album release that he did of his premiere album, Chariot. Oh, nice. where he released the he released the album the way that it was. But the second disc in this two-disc set was he took the first album out on tour with his band, and they toured for like a year around the world. And after a certain amount of time, you would know this, going out on tour, your songs start to sound a certain way because you get into a good like live show tour kind of vibe, and everybody's yeah. got your energy, and you everything kind of evolves into a different version of the song. Yeah, they bit. tweak it in little ways. Yeah, yeah. So it's still the same song, but it's it's definitely got its own funk to it. You know, That's it's, cool. it's a it's a tulpa in its own way. So what they did was after their tour was over, um, they went back into the studio with the band and re-recorded the entire album. Nice. With this whole year of having okay. been touring in mind and it's it's very different but still very much the same album does it sound like a live album or does no. it sound no 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 studio? It's, it's it's definitely a little bit more orchestrated as though it's a live orchestration because that's the way they've been performing it for the last year or so but they it wasn't like it was uh it was just kind of run through the house board and stuff yeah. like that i mean it was still Still properly recorded, but it was nice. a lot of stripped down stuff. That's cool. But it was it was very good. I will have to check it out. What's the name of it again? Chariot. Chariot. Ooh, what's Chariot, on the cover? and then the other one is Chariot Stripped. Uh, full album head of of Gavin DeGraw, like kind of looking down, and he's got a. I think he's got a beanie on. Oh, nice. Is he sad or is it like? Yeah, a... I mean, he's kind of got a somber look on him. Oh, you know, I mean, Gavin it's it's one DeGraw. of those. It's one of those things. You know. Well, Gavin, if you're out there, uh, call us up, 555 Big Bear. We would we, love to. We'd love to make you happier. Yes, we can make you happy, like Pharrell. You and Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There was a picture online. It became it became this kind of internet sensation meme thing of, of Keanu. He was sitting on a park bench, probably eating a sandwich or something like that. But was this somebody, a real picture? Yeah, yeah. It was oh. a real picture. Somebody just caught of Keanu Reeves. Like having lunch? Yeah, like eating a sandwich or doing something. But he just kind of, they caught him in a moment where he was just looking kind of real morose. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it is around, you can People go search on the assholes, internet dude. And, and search for sad Keanu and you'll find this picture. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, there's a picture of Leonardo DiCaprio that oh, he was playing God. around in during onset of the inset of, of inception. And he's just kind of like doing this, like <laughs> kind of goofy looking walk. And that picture pops up everywhere. 
Is, Why do people well, like? How does this happen? It just becomes this sensation, and people like Photoshop it into varying things. Right now, one that's going around is that shot from Pulp Fiction of John Travolta when he's in the apartment and he's been taking a piss, and there's been a gunfight that's been going on, yeah. and he comes out and he's just like looking around. And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. People like will edit him into all these varying scenes of movies where he doesn't belong. Oh, so you're like gotcha. thinking it's this really intense scene, blah, 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 and cut to like John Travolta just kind of like, walking. yeah, it's like to make a point. Like when it's you walk into the party clever. and none of your homegirls are there, and then it's like that. Yes, and that's it's like exactly him how it's like, being used. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. That's so fucking funny. Yeah, people put yeah. that together. I gotta hand yeah. it to them. Check it out on our blog. If I think about the internet in general. That's one of the things I love about it is people, no matter what's going on on the fucking planet, people are still going to make hilarious shit like that because it is funny. If you think it about is it. funny, I, I think it's pointless, but it's funny. Even in even in can't say it's pointless. You know, stick and mud communities back in the day, there had to be things that people did to lift their spirits. Yeah, they showed each other their balls under their loincloths. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, I mean, people have been have been laughing at farts probably since the the first toot was tooted. Call <laughs> I may be called. Okay. I was around a certain table during the holidays. <laughs> okay. All right. We got to tread lightly here. We're going to tread lightly, we're gonna but, tread lightly. but we're going to tell this story as effectively and hilariously as possible and, uh, without you know, without outing somebody. This is uh, undisclosed. This is actually a fairy tale. I'm not even telling the truth. No, I'm kidding. No, but we were sitting around a table playing cards and someone farted at the table and one other person heard it I heard it but I didn't say anything because yeah. I didn't want to out the person who farted because I heard it and the other person who suspectedly heard it yeah. and called it out in front of everybody oh. did you just fart? <laughs> I mean that that just it was gets so, really. But I kept my mouth shut. I was like, you know what? That's like enough to be like that sucks. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would personally be like, yeah, sorry, I've got gas. I just ate a bunch of cheese and crackers and. <laughs> that you guys were feeding me. It was the cheese and crackers. Let's just be honest. We're all adults uh, here. I shit damn. myself. I'm gonna have to excuse myself. And then I'd walk out of the room. Unless you guys don't mind. <laughs> oh no, let's cut that out. No, but it was just funny. It was it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Some people get embarrassed about that, but I, I think people shouldn't get embarrassed about it. It's a natural thing. Farting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why that became rude, but I would, you know, it's not it's, rude. Like uh, it's an accident sometimes. Like, what do you, what are you going to do? Your body is expelling but why air. Is it, yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily even an accident. It's just something that's unpleasant, I suppose. I mean, I mean, if you're just like was, a dickhead not, and you know, you have, have rancid gas and you're walking into a place and you're like, I could totally hold crop this dusting. or I could just... <laughs> Yeah. You're a dick. You shouldn't do that. Like no one likes that. No one wants to smell it. You know what I mean? But yes, like, but if you're standing around talking and you have a good laugh, and all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> you should be able to laugh about it and not be embarrassed. Like that shouldn't be something that's shunned upon. Like right, it's natural. Like if anything, those people should be honored because you're like, dude, you were you're holding. You that. laughed so hard <laughs> that you couldn't hold in your gas yes. anymore. Yes, I mean it's just. Uh, Again, I don't I don't remember what I thought the first time I was introduced to the idea that farting was rude because as a kid, I mean everybody laughs at it. It is funny. It is McNinny's never fought. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it was when my mother dressed up like the queen. <laughs> she she patted her face. She uh <laughs> she taught school like that every morning. She came in on a on a carriage. On a carriage. <laughs> she made everybody bow down. Yeah, yeah. Um Oh, that'd be so sad. But that would be kind of beautiful, too, if your mom actually enacted that because she had respect for the queen. Because your mom's British, you know? She's got She is. She's got ties. Well, but the... my mom's also now an American citizen. I don't That's know true. if you knew that. Well, I do. So yeah. she's, got a, she's got the wild American in her. She Good had that go. about 30 years ago. Oh. oh! I'm sorry. I'm sorry to any family members that are listening to this this show right now. But... It was there. I had to take it. Oh, I had to take that. That was shot. good. That was good. <laughs> that was probably too good. That was amazing. That was, that that was, was fantastic. Unplanned. That was me dropping. Unscripted. The mic. Yes, it was. Do you currently know where our Kickstarter lays? I did see it earlier this morning. Has okay. it changed from? I it think? hasn't. It hasn't. We're currently at two thousand one hundred forty-one dollars. Ooh, which over is the, good. over the twenty percent. Twenty-one percent, which is 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 pretty good. But we are trying to get ourselves over thirty percent. That's yes. what everything we've read kind of points to. So, what are your thoughts on how we're going to do this? What, <laughs> I mean, by by the time this episode comes out, what are you going to have done? You think to maybe rally some troops? 
Well, first of all, I'm going to be wearing a sandwich board on Hollywood Boulevard. Excellent. I'm going to be Excellent. walking uh, to and fro. Uh, hopefully, get, with a bullhorn. I'm going to cause a scene. Yes, I'll be talking about uh, the Christ with a bullhorn for a while. I'll try different outfits. I've got a plethora of costumes I'm going to try on Hollywood <laughs> Boulevard. I will go out as Gumby for Swear the first body, half hour. Body stocking from the Passion <laughs> of the Christ. Fred Flintstone, 415 to 530, if anyone wants pictures. If you had a good enough costume, you'd get people taking pictures for sure. A good enough costume, but that you rented your services out as a walking sandwich. sandwich. Well, uh, maybe maybe sandwich board is, is the basis of the idea, but you're a walking advertisement. Advertisement. Like somebody somebody uh, at South by Southwest one year, it was Skype had hired a town crier. And so he goes around and... <laughs> no, well, yeah. No, he goes around standing on on this little mini podium he walks around with him, like kind of a little table thing like this, and he will read your tweets aloud if you hashtag Skype S by SW, South by Southwest. So he would go out there, and I I imagine he had his discretion for what was appropriate and not appropriate. He's not going to start, you know, shouting out about pussies and buttholes. Why not? I mean, but, if you're tweeting and you're passionate about pussies and buttholes, why should you not be able to have your message heard? Uh, I mean, obviously, if there's kids around, yeah. Public. I mean, I, I think... He could I, whisper it. He could but at least a, honor it. But he's a town crier. I think that's the point of that. I don't know. I mean... Pussies and buttholes. <laughs> but it's a, a, an interesting way to, to advertise. So I, I think something like that might be fairly lucrative on Hollywood Boulevard. But, I mean, I wonder... Do you want to go cry? Do you want to you go cry on the town? <laughs> The biggest challenge of any kind of campaign is connecting it to our audience. Like we have amazing support from people that we know, some strangers for sure, but definitely have a lot of personal family, friend support. It's just trying to figure out how to engage the bigger horror film community. And that's fucking difficult. It really is. I don't really know the actual formula other than just continuing to do what we're doing and seeking all the different avenues that we can find to just try, just see if we can connect it. Well, uh, to... to <laughs> Sorry, I gushed. To do a little... No, 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 it's all right. To do a little uh, to do a little <laughs> housework, I guess. Martin's going to be on a show called Harvey and Bob, uh, the Harvey and Bob show. Uh, he did his interview... He spoke highly of him. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He did. Harvey and Bob, if you're listening... Martin spoke highly of your show. He was listening today, and he's excited to uh, join your, uh, I don't know. They don't care. They don't care. They'll pull down our underwear. They'll pull. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever say that again? I mean, it was like a season. I remember. I don't when... know. I don't care. I'll pull down your underwear. But if you do know, then you're a damn hoe. If you do know that you don't know. Then don't go. Then don't go. Be in a hoe. So we can just flow. No and make mo. like Mike Rowe and clean up some shit in the sewers. For show. That was pretty good. I'm pretty impressed with that. I, I think we're ready for a, a contract with Diddy. There's a know, show like for everything. The Voice. Now. Yeah, there's the, the Voice, America's Got Talent. The only reality show, I think I've talked about it on the show. I think really the only reality shows I've ever watched have been food related. Hell's Kitchen, MasterChef. Ah, uh, that's right. Great Bake Off. Yep. The cooking shows are the best. Yeah, I mean, it's because I'm I'm sitting there watching something that I like to do. And at the end of it, I, I see some really tangible evidence as opposed to people on an island putting together a hut. Creating drama and yeah, like I mean, someone I, showing I, their titties. Yeah, the drama was the parts that I, do, I just don't dig. And I never dig. But you, you like know? the titties part? Is that what you're saying? I love the titties. The man titties. <laughs> the middies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I fucking love the shit we talk about. It's so bizarre. We're and- pretty funny. If yeah. you're jumping into episode 64, I apologize. I apologize for how eccentric and weird we seem. Um, oh, don't fucking people, look at me like that. Well, I see. I'm not, I'm, I was not. I wasn't like giving you the stink eye or anything. <laughs> like that. You can literally hear an evolution of my of my confidence and my comedic timing in my conversation ability throughout the process of these shows, throughout the span of these 64 episodes. So if you're just jumping in right now, you're getting the me that I am now. The people who've been listening since episode <laughs> one, if there are people who've been listening since episode one, oh, they're out there. Um, they, they're out there. they get the opportunity to have, have kind of grown to our eccentricities along with us i mean we were both pretty eccentric when we first started but so we want to hear from you you know if you're out there i mean we are pleading on our knees like pirates about to walk the plank you are the few people that are listening to us on a regular basis do you understand that (laughs) do you do do you i'm I'm not trying to like call anybody out but you know i was talking to you (laughs) i was talking to you about capital c that documentary on crowdfunding Mm -hmm. i talked about it a few episodes back i think 
one of the gentlemen on that show, on the documentary, said that it's not about how many people diss you and don't like you and try and like slip you up and everything like that. Because for every 10 of those, if you just get one person that likes what you're doing and digs what you're doing, then there's one person that digs what you're doing. Yeah. I like the honesty of our show. Like, I think that's my favorite thing about what we're doing is we are honestly in the moment. I don't know. I would listen to shows like this. This is the kind of podcast I listen to is people just talking and feeling out their feelings based on whatever the hell is that you freaking perceive. Whatever whatever the hell you think, baby. You know what I'm saying? Everybody knows. Um. I don't know why I just did that for that long. I apologize. No, it's all right. <laughs> that got really Louis, weird. Louis Armstrong decided uh, to join in. <laughs> I hope someone animates this episode. Well, and suddenly uh, in my head, I was hearing the. That's, that's, yeah, that was uh, oh, Louis Armstrong doing that. Well, I mean, yeah, that was Buena Vista Home Entertainment. Oh, yes. That oh, was yes. the VHS fucking. Let's roll that clip. Man, that was fantastic. It, I mean, it brings back some memories. What movie What movie comes right after that title for you? For me, it was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh. It was either Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or Little Mermaid. I don't know why Little Mermaid. See, that, I don't know. That I can't I That was can't an recall. incredibly impressionable age when I remember hearing that. Yeah, that's one thing I can't connect is that with an actual film. It, I, I'm always going to hear it through a VHS filter. Yeah. As well. I can always do that with like Warner Brothers with the Harry Potter theme. Like recently. That's the Warner Brothers. Yes. I mean, they become these things that do shape the way you see a film that precedes it. You know what uh, original song the Warner Brothers opening theme is? Uh, no. As Life Goes On from, uh, I believe it was Casablanca. Really? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. It is. I feel like I'm, uh, I feel like I'm in a bar. I feel like we're programming Morocco. people right now. Yeah, we're in Morocco. This is the 1960s. And we are here following the 1960s like surfing the 19, competitions. 19, 1930s, 40s. 1930s, 40s. The surfing competitions. <laughs> the surfing. Oh, man. Have you, okay, so. Never surfed. <sighs> Was that what you were going to ask me? I have a friend here who's offered to take me surfing. Nice. I'm scared. Oh, don't be scared. I'm a little bit afraid of the ocean. Don't I'm not going to lie. It's an intimidating. Uh, Are they going to teach you? Yes. Okay. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'm just. I don't know. I, I feel like I'd be the guy that got e- eaten by a shark. You know. <sighs> you feel? Is that like a you're weird thought? Like I just. I think about it. I'm like, I don't have well, to go in this I mean, body why, of yeah, water. Yeah. Why you? Why are you so fucking special? Can you imagine the odds you'd have to beat to be the person to get eaten by a shark at that moment on in that spot? It's true. It's true. You know. But I feel like the odds would be with me. I would want to like put my feet and my arms up into the board as soon as possible. Well, I mean, I that's all the more inspiration for you to learn how to get up on your damn board. And not be a pussy. Not be a damn fool. Not be such a damn fool. What were you saying about with Jaws? No, but I just remember the scene where Jaws takes the dude and he's like alive being drugged underwater. Like, See, I only that would saw be terrifying. that movie one time. I only saw the movie <laughs> that once. That shit would be so horrible. And you know what? I'm going to call out my dad on this because my dad my dad messed me up a little oh. bit a little bit when we, when I watched Larry. this movie. Yeah, well, he meant it fully. He meant it fully uh, fully as a, a loving dad. But it's, it did. It, it scared me. It scared me. And I got ir- irrationally... I irritated at the at, at him for that. Um, I'm watching the movie, and I mean, I'm getting a little freaked out because it's it's very well done. I'd read the book. Yep. I'd read the book, and now I was finally watching the movie, and so I kind of knew what was coming, and but but seeing it on film was just so tense, and it was so well done. Steven Spielberg did such a great job, and at one point, when I think. All the people on the beach are starting to panic and starting to run, yeah. and Jaws is like attacking somebody or something. Is like it the that. banana boat? It might have been. It's 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 like a third of the way through the movie, maybe approaching a half the halfway point. I'm laying down, so I'm gonna try and set the scene for you here. All right, all right. Um, we used to have a like a big bookcase 
unit thing that was kind of almost the size of this wall. And not not quite that big. Next to your Lamborghini? Next to my Lamborghini <laughs> up here in the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll roll that clip. Here in my garage, just bought this uh, new Lamborghini here. It's fun to drive up here in the Hollywood Hills. But you know what I like a lot more than materialistic things? Knowledge. So we have a TV. You know, it's one of the, it's one of the maybe 32 inch CRT, like fucking 8,000 pound TVs. Yeah. Um, like and, the shit back in the day. Yeah. Like it was, it was good, but I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't fantastic and it definitely wasn't like a plasma ass, you know, HD screen. Okay. So, all right. so I'm laying down in front of this whole unit and the TV's there and I'm watching this movie and I'm just, the way I watch movies sometimes is I just focus in and I, I beeline my attention to this movie. And it's done a good job so far of pulling me into this, this tensity of the story. And there's this moment where suddenly people are starting to panic in the daytime. So far, oh. everything that's happened has been very kind of contained. It's been, you know, kind of everybody, something kind of horrifying is going on, but it's usually just one person's there to witness or, or be affected by it. And suddenly... We're on the beach and everybody's starting to panic and everybody's starting to run. And I'm there like probably with my arms back like this, just watching the movie. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, might, might be yeah, getting a little terrified. anxious. And suddenly. <laughs> and my dad, my dad has snuck up behind me, like probably army crawled. Up behind me and just grabs me at one of the most like pivotal, tense moments of the movie up to this point. And I I lost my shit. I just I it freaked me out so bad. And then I was just like <laughs> and I just I went back into the movie and he he tried to apologize, I'm sure, but I probably gave oh, him the cold pissed? shoulder and stuff. Oh, well, yeah, because yeah, yeah. like I was like, damn it, man, damn it, dude. Because if that had been real, I'd be dead. I would be oh, dead. Yeah, that yeah. would I mean you know, at that point that was It's like the relief you reaction. have when you wake up from a nightmare. When you realize after that scare it's was just a but, scare. But it's the relief you have after having woken up from the nightmare. Yeah. But realizing you pissed yourself and you're like, God damn it. Did you piss yourself? No, I mean... Uh, you pissed yourself. You wake up from the nightmare, you realize that it wasn't real, but you're like, damn it. It still scared me bad enough that you pissed yourself. You, you know? shit yourself. I didn't. I didn't. But, you know. Oh. Can I just... Oh yeah, 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 I know yeah. This tell is me, weird. No, yeah. Tell me, tell me but about I'm, this because I, I want to read this. This is a book I read. Uh, he he's a writer. His name is Don Miguel Ruiz. It's called The Four Agreements. Don Miguel. Don Miguel. It's an amazing book about kind of sticking to four principles. Okay, it's called The Four Agreements. The Four Agreements. And on the cover, what do we have here? We got like aloe vera plants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they do kind of look like succulents the, or, or palm trees or. or... Th- I mean, they're flowers. I don't know what they. I mean, I'm sure they're an exact flower. Anyways, it's it's okay. That's, like that's sorry. That's an irrelevant. It's part a daisy. It's a daisy, mine. Um, but yeah, it's oh, basically. That's so, that's so horrible. I'm sorry. It's kind of a cheesy cover. I'm not gonna like. It no, looks like a stock cover. You know what it looks like? It looks like something you would buy in a James 1.5. I mean, it kind of looks like a Harry Potter book to a degree. It, it kind of looks like a devotional book. It kind of does look like a devotional book. It kind of does look. Yeah. That's, that's what I meant by James 1.5. Those are, those are <laughs> Christian bookstores. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. James 1.5. Oh, gosh. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's clever. It's a really great book. It's, yeah. You uh, asked me about this. You said it's a pretty quick read. Yeah. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. And for the fourth one, you got to read the book. Always do your best. Now, you could go to a bookstore and open the book and you see should. that. Why are you reading it, though? You texted me earlier today and you said, have you read The Four Agreements? And I'm yeah. thinking, Four Agreements? What the hell agreements are we talking about? Are we supposed to like sign some contracts with some people? What, are we, what, <laughs> what does he mean? And that's why I was like, what do you mean? And you told me that it was a book. And I thought, okay, well, there's this book that you suddenly have read all the way through and you're you're really kind of gung ho about telling me about it, so it's got to have done something. It's got to have. Well, it's there's, like, there's got to be some nuggets of good truth in there that you needed at this moment. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like one of these books. This is probably my fourth time to read it. I don't nice. even know. It definitely is a personal to each reader kind of book. So yeah. what I get out of it, you're not going to necessarily get the same exact thing out of it, but you're going to come to your own understandings of the way you perceive life. It's it's interesting because it does start with be impeccable with your words. So it talks about everything you say, it does affect something. People choose to see the good or the bad in something. Like if someone's at the grocery store, okay, okay, not everyone's cheery all the time. Like go there, it's freaking insane over there. Everyone's different. Like you have 
some cashiers will be super cheery and they just, they fucking deal with it. They don't give a fuck that a bunch of assholes go through and don't want to talk to them or just, I mean, not assholes, but like people who <laughs> are no, I, maybe yeah, we, socially we knew uncomfortable. What you we you know? knew what you meant. Yeah, no, I mean, socially yeah, yeah. uncomfortable. I think that's fair. I think it's fair to be socially uncomfortable. We live sure. in a really weird time right now. It does get strange at times to be out and all to of a sudden have... To expand that circle. Yeah, bit. it is. It's very interesting to kind of hear other people's or feel their energies on yeah. stuff. You well, know? that's that's why it was weird for me to go through most of the holidays and spend most of that time kind of by myself. It was either me or me and Martin, and we were just kind of working on the Kickstarter campaign. He'd go to work. I still, you know, kind of stay at home and work on a couple of freelance gigs and the Kickstarter campaign, like uh, did all of that. And then suddenly the the new year kind of popped around and I uh, have been interacting with a lot more people over the last month yeah. than I did over the previous month and a half, two months, you know. So it's um, different to, to have to kind of <gasps> take yeah. another like breath of people because it's like, oh, OK, so it's going to be necessary for a little bit. And I got to do this. And, you know, it's it's necessary parts of, of what this thing called life is so this book is something that that's been helping you out a little yeah bit. i mean it's definitely a book that has very easily understandable principles that help create clarity when because for me personally i i create a lot of chaos in my own head i over analyze everything i do and so i need to wipe the slate clean and one of the ways is this kind of book i mean there's been so many books that have helped me get to that same spot yeah. where i can just feel like i'm in heaven you know Heaven, um, heavenly no it's like being in, in a heaven. completely like euphoric state of being that's from the green mind. without being on drugs like it's literally just being completely content happy just <clears throat> enjoying everything that's going on around you yeah you know like that kind of stuff do you feel that way a lot of times yeah do you okay yeah. good it gets really tough sometimes when something overwhelms you i mean i had it i had it happen the other day uh, about a week ago I got very overwhelmed at some back and forth that we were, you and Martin and I were having, uh, trying to get a, a, a couple of graphics put together so that we could like send it to some people for promotion stuff. And I kind of let that and some work and stuff overwhelm me and it just kind of ended up being real hard and down on myself the rest of the, the evening. And it just, it was kind of this weird poisonous uh, funk I allowed myself to get into that kind of affected the way I, I approach and, and see other aspects of life. Because I've become more acutely aware of my emotions and, and my behaviors and stuff like that, I'm shown the difference because it's like, oh man, when I stumble, it's so hard because the rest of the time I am so positive. I really do think that I view a good 90, 90 to 95% of my day is incredibly positive. I find yeah. so much positivity in everything I do, even bounding up the stairs at work. Like, I fucking <laughs> go up those stairs like 18 times a day. Nice. You know, because where, where I works on this like little mezzanine area. So, I mean, it just, I, <laughs> I, I do. And I, that's it's, so it's great, man. Just that's just a, a natural way of living. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Having worked on so many different things, I've kind of gone through a season where I've gotten away from feeling that way consistently. You know, yeah, and yeah. so that's why I dove back into this book. I was like, "This is so stupid. I don't need to do this because I know how to get out the of these funks." In this book. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I know. I completely know. It's all me. It's almost like if if you're gonna escape the world by watching movies or listening to music, it's yeah. almost the same to read a book for me. It's like I love taking in someone else's words. <laughs> that all I have to do is concentrate on their perception of something. And let my spirit tell me if it is right or wrong. If it fits within your perception of that thing and or not. And good books are like that. I could read them twice and they just make you feel something until they don't. The War of Art. That's a series of books that, well, I say series. There's three of them and I've read them each twice because they have some incredibly spot on analyses of what it means to do your work and what it takes to do your work and and the things that you have to do in order to be good at the work that you do. Example, we were talking about uh, you and your, your desire to expand your music career uh, this coming year. And I brought up the fact that, you know, you're, you're, you got to get back on the, on the bike, get back in the gym as, as it were in terms of, <clears throat> Yeah, you might end up having to to force yourself to write some songs just because you need to write a song today or you need to do this. But, I mean, you you know how to write songs. You know how to get your creative juices flowing. So those kinds of thoughts and feelings are not going to be anywhere near as 
as long and intense and scary as as you think they are. It's kind of like me when I rode my bike for the first time. Yeah. Like I was I was like, oh, the more I put this off, the more I'm going to be like, man, am I ever going to be able to do this again? Maybe I should just give up. Maybe I should never ride my bike again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I uh, I fucking got out there and within within the first mile, I was I was riding kind of slowly and then I I picked up the pace and before you know it, I'd done my 10 miles. Like yeah. it just it kind of just came back to me. Like a boss. Yeah, I mean if it's something that you haven't done in a while, you gotta you gotta go and you gotta knock that shit just, out. Just prime the engine a little bit, rev her up. Just remind her what, what she can do. What's the John for Wayne you. quote? Uh... I may sound like a Bible beater yelling up a revival at a river crossing camp meeting, but that don't change the truth none. There's right and there's wrong. You gotta do one or the other. You do the one and you're living. You do the other and you may be walking around, but you're dead as a beaver hat. Oh, dude, did you? Uh, can I wanted to share with the audience uh, a little sketch that I created. Oh, yes. Okay, um, I Good. sent it to you and Martin. Yes, yes. I'd like to hear this again. I will listen to it once because uh, I thought it was one thing, and then it turned out not to be that, so I was a little confused as to what it even was because you, you sent this to us. You sent this to us as just a download link with no explanation <laughs> whatsoever. I get really bored, and I come up with these random dialogues, uh, well, so it, I create them into sketches. At its very core, it's what was the conceptualization of Millie McCormick. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, things like this are, are an incredible moment of creativity. Yes. So these are uh, two boys in school, and uh, one of them is kind of a cocky little... My cousin is Travis Kidd. You know who that is? He's a fucking country star. You know what that fucking is? That means he's a rich-ass motherfucker. You know what else that means? I'm his first cousin twice removed. That means when he dies, I'm getting paid, bitch. Me. Kid's money trickles all the way down to me. So you better respect. Man, my motherfucker isn't leaving you shit. Want to know how I know? Because you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what it's like in, in middle school? Because it sounded like those kids are I like mean, yeah, 12, 13 years yeah, old. Yeah, it's like one of them's just showboating that his you know, first cousin twice removed or whatever. He's got is. a couple of peach fuzz lip pubes. Trying to figure out who he is. He's yeah. kind of you know, dressed in like Western clothing, boots, cowboy boots on. Why don't Western fit. clothing? I don't know. He's trying to be a cowboy. Why? Well, I was imagining my own like hometown, like country hometown. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Good old town of Bernie. It's got an O in it that's uh, out of place. <laughs> B-O-E-R-N-E. It's German. Yeah, I just kind of imagined it in a town like that. German. It's German? Yeah. It's German. But it's uh, West Texas was, was settled by Czechs. I don't know. I don't. I can't. I can neither confirm nor deny. I, I think so. Statement. I think kind of in that area. Germans were all the fuck over <laughs> South Texas, bro. They well, had I mean, they had big settlements all over South Texas. All sorts of. It seems all sorts of of uh, sects of Eastern Europe are are mm. kind of or Western Europe. Excuse me. Are uh, uh, kind of settled in in varying areas of Texas. That's yeah. pretty cool. I didn't it's know that. fascinating, dude. It's weird to think about how like whole regions started. In the history behind even my hometown, it's so trippy to think about because yeah. I, I don't know. It's just hard to think. I don't imagine well, Texas as a place where a bunch of Germans were living yeah. and having this long history of Germans living there. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was so just a place. It was a place where people of the same nationality who felt comfortable with each other settled. Yeah, and just created this town. Mm-hmm. And then we see at that point, all of those towns probably got Americanized. Yeah, you, you know. think with uh, Miley Cyrus videos and... Uh... Everybody was having a party in the USA. Yep. <laughs> oh, gosh. I wonder what a kid, an Amish kid now... Amish. You know how they grow and they go through the... Rumsh- Rumspringer. Yeah, Rumspringer. Rumspringer. Rumspringer, like Rumpelstiltskin. I always imagine... Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> Sorry. The kids that go now and they're jumping into all the technology and all the crazy shit that's going on. Yeah. I wonder how cr- much crazier that is... Rumspringer was different no. 20 years ago. No, no. Rumspringer. <laughs> sorry. I gotta take I'm sorry. 20 I'm, years ago. I'm sorry, Amish. Rumspringer. Well, I mean, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, Rumspringer was going to be something. I know. I rolled it. I did it. Yes, you're right. Technology. But I mean, 
That's such a fun word to say, dude. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they even have better words than we do. They live in such like harmony. Yeah. And uh, have badass words. Like I wish I could say Rumspringer on a daily basis. They it's not like if you were Jewish you would walk around every day finding a way to, to work in Bar Mitzvah. That's true. Ah, oh, what a good word. Rosh Hashanah. Bar Mitzvah. I, I imagine in the forties and fifties and stuff when radios and record players started coming out and horseless carriages. <laughs> you know, I mean, those are just as much bizarre technologies as a cell phone and stuff would be. You know, I mean, it's not like they don't know that this technology exists. Yeah. And have probably had ways of finding out about it. I mean, newspapers, they probably still have news sources. I, I don't know what it's like to be Amish in 2016. I don't know if people have computers nowadays because they seem to be more and more of a commodity to live. Yeah. So if you're Amish, you out want there, no buttons. If you're Amish and you're on the Rumspringer, <laughs> if you are Amish and you're on the Rumspringer, <laughs> you're on the Rumspringer. <laughs> give us a call. Five, five, five. Give us a call. Big Bear. That would be awesome, and it would put all of our 200 regular listeners to shame if the first caller on this show was uh, someone disconnected. Was from, someone on the Rumspringer? Someone disconnected from technology the majority of their life. Yeah, we're not going to shame you, but we're shaming you. <laughs> uh, do you know who Yasin Bey is? Ooh, enlighten me. You, you don't know who Yasin Bey is. I feel like I've heard the name. You should. I mean, you, you might not necessarily know who it is. You will once I tell you who he is. Am I going to feel like a fool? Are you making no. an ass of me right now? No, because it's a name he's he seems to have, have taken on himself. Kind of like Snoop Lion. Yasin Bey is most deaf. Beast by Supremo for all of my people. Negroes and Latinos. And even the gringos. I believe he's taken on this this name, you know, later on in his life because that's definitely not his birth name. That's a badass name, Yasin Bey. Yeah, he's currently being detained in South Africa because they they claim he's not traveling with legitimate papers because he's traveling with a world passport. Do you know what a world passport is? Um, I've heard of them. I wasn't really sure if they were real. Yeah, I suspected that they were something that probably existed. Yeah, I've never no, they, seen one. They definitely do. Um, worldservice.org slash docpass.html. So that's the website. And you can get one? Um, well, it, it's the website that we're talking about it right here. So it's it's the World Passport is comes from the World Government of World Citizens. The will of the people shall be the basis of the authority of government. Article 21.3, Universal Declaration of Human Rights. So, I mean, it's, it's a... It's a seems to be an organization of people that have organized this unifying body, this umbrella of what we as people decide and determine is supposed to be the law of people. So who are these people that are deciding? I, I have not actually delved quite that far into it. So rather than answer that question, <laughs> I'm just going to answer the part that I read, oh, nice. uh, which is on the world passport. And it, it, it has to do with this fact that without an American passport, I'm not going to be allowed back into the country very easily, even though I'm an, I'm an American citizen. I don't hold an American passport right now. I hold a British passport, which means I can go to Britain without any questions just fine. And I can go to all sorts of other countries under a British passport just fine. But Yasin Bey is traveling with a world passport. And this passport is something that has been recognized. Here's the official rep, the, the official uh, uh, description of what it is. The world passport is a 30-page machine-readable travel document with an alphanumeric code line, scanned-in passport photo, and a ghost security paper with embedded logo, the data page laminated in seven languages, English, French, Spanish, Russian, Arabic, and Chinese, and Esperanto. It's like any other passport. I mean, so it's one that a machine can read because it's got its numbers on it and the barcode thing, and it's got a chip in it. Gotcha. I don't know. I mean, yeah. maybe not. No. The world government of world citizens might not approve of <laughs> chips. Um, but it's something that has been around, and it's been it's been recognized for a, a good number of years, over 50 years. The world passport, ha in this respect, has a track record of over 50 years of acceptance since it was first issued. Um, over 150 countries have visited it on a case-by-case -case basis. So if you're coming into a country and you have a world passport and you have a legitimate reason to be there and they analyze your case and they're like, all right, I mean, yeah, you, you seem like you're pretty innocent enough. Come in and teach you know these blind kids how to play the piccolo. Some countries will allow you to do it. Uh, over 150 countries will allow you to do it and just kind of come in under this world passport that really does not necessarily, it's not represented or backed by an actual country. You're a world traveler. Yes, exactly. I mean, You're that's, prestigious. The world passport represents the inalienable human right of freedom of travel on planet Earth. Therefore, it is premised on the fundamental oneness or unity of the human community. 
So how do you get one of these things? I I would imagine you have to fill out some official forms and documents and stuff like that. But you have I mean, to be approved by us, Ian. It's, it's okay. How to register? Here it is. Let's 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 just look through it real quick. You'll have to print this form to register since it requires a signature. You to have a printed form mailed to you, write to the World Service Authority in Washington D.C. So I mean, again, 150 countries recognize this particular service as a legitimate representation of the people of planet earth so but their holding is not the right word they're not letting him leave you know he's apparently been living there for the past two years he's been shackled and beaten yeah so i mean they're just not letting him leave he's from he's from uh jersey i think uh new gotcha. jersey so i mean you know he's from the united states so but what are they doing with him why are they doing this What's because the point? he's not because he doesn't have a u.s passport because he's he a motherfucking have... celebrity he, he's playing the game like yeah just but i mean push some buttons but again they have every right to detain him they have every yeah. right to not let him leave because he doesn't have the right form but it becomes on. a charade and then they start playing out this ridiculous process that ends up costing people all this fucking money to deal with this case and bring about all this attention. Like, they're just wasting people's time. So they should just let them go. It's quite possible. But anyways, I mean, the World Passport was something that, uh, that, you know, kind of caught my eye just because of this story. We should try to get some. I I wouldn't mind looking into it and seeing what uh, what it's all about. What if they make you put a chip in your skin? Like, sure, Ian McNinney, but will you put this in your skin? (laughs) <laughs> and then they pull down a little fucking curtain thing, and it's a whole diagram. It's the thing from the Matrix. I mean, it'd be Trinity terrible. says, "Get in." <laughs> yeah, with their glasses. Yeah, yeah. And then this guy is totally being detained for having a world passport. Yeah, in a different country. That's like insane. you said, he's a celebrity. I mean, uh-huh. Bay has reportedly been charged. Oh, sorry. This is an update. Update one twenty one uh, live on the air. So this is no, this was uh, eleven days ago. So <laughs> oh, TMZ reports that Bay has a court date in South Africa set for March eighth. He faces charges of using a false passport and an unrecognized travel document and helping his family illegally stay in the country. He, he's just trying to keep his family close. That's he's sad. under the auspices of his world passport should should allow him the right to travel anywhere in the world and stay where he wants to stay. Yeah. And the government of South Africa is being like, um, no, we're allowed to refuse this if we want to. And you don't have a passport that's from a legitimate country right now. So we don't know that you're not just going to mooch off of us for the rest of your life. I mean, they're part of the British (coughs) Empire, you know? I don't know why it matters. They're still getting his money. You know what I mean? It's like a charade. Yeah. To uh, most deaf, we apologize you're in jail because that's got to not be comfortable. We don't apologize. We didn't put you in jail. Well, we didn't put you in jail. We sympathize. We are sad about the world we live in where people go to jail, and that's just a very sad reality. So uh, we hope you get out soon. We stand in solidarity. We stand in solidarity. We're going to starve ourselves. I don't know. I'm not going to starve myself. No. But I will keep my thoughts on his release. Keep your thoughts and your prayers. With Yasin Bey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're we're actually gonna be running the uh, the thought form ad when we before we come back into this. Oh dude. When a grieving mother finds a way to bring back her dead son, is not all that comes home. Miss Mabel was uh, discovered deceased inside one of the rooms. Her body was found upright in a rocking chair. What's an figure made of sticks and leaves? Judging from initial reports, Miss Maybell had been dead a matter of months. Based on the unsolved mystery of Olivia Maybell. There were a lot of photos and personal objects on that, and candles and what we call santuarios. You have no power over Leave me alone! God, I need help! A short film from Health Tree Media. Mommy. Thought form. Support our Kickstarter campaign now through February 17th at ThoughtFormFilm.com. Do you want to bring up the fucking... I mean, you're the one that found it. Well, you texted me about this earlier today. Did you I see hadn't it? been... No, I, I... Well, I mean, I did now, yes. But I hadn't seen it. I hadn't been to that page since... Uh, I, I mean, I guess since the Kickstarter campaign. But I haven't really dug around on that page in a long time, unfortunately. How fucking creepy is that shit? They put our freaking voicemail on there. Yeah, they put your voicemail on there. They put my voicemail. I on mean, there. it's it's you're the one who who called. I I I was going to call, and then you decided that that you. I mean, you volunteered. I let you do it. I let you have your moment. It's just, dude. It and now you're posted on the. I mean, we we post ourselves on the internet all the time. I know, but man, like it being on that same page with that other weird shit. I mean, the weird thing about it is is you can see right here posted what the 29th so that was friday so this went up on friday the last time anything was posted on this website was in 2010 
I just can't imagine that we are the only people that have called this number or why. If, you, if you're if you don't know exactly what we're talking about, go back and listen to episode sixty three. Um, but also right now we'll uh, we'll just play the voicemail for you so that you can kind of get some context for what we're talking about. Uh, hi, my name is Joe. I am on a show called Hi There, and um, I live out in Los Angeles. Wrote a story with some friends based on your website. Um, anyway, if you have any more information. Could you uh, shoot us an email at us at introtheelftree.com? That would be freaking rad. Um, thanks again. Freaking Hope you're doing rad. well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you see, you were pretty comfortable. You were pretty calm and cool and collected. I, I have no Why idea. Why would they post that on the site? Like, I, what does that know. have to do with anything? I don't know. I wonder if because we put our freaking email there, maybe that person put it so that our email was out there. And but we people... didn't get anything. Like, he, he could have emailed us about this shit. Why would he just post us online? Yeah, I don't know. Should we call him back and just say, hey? <laughs> you want to you... call him back? I mean, I want to know. I want to know who this person is, why they would post our freaking message. What's the point? I mean, if you want to call him back, call him back. We can call and leave a message. That's the only thing. We There's not like an email address we can email and just be like, hey, will you pull this shit down? Yeah. But you'd have to leave our number and everything like that. Do you really want this? I don't How know. How else would he get in touch with us unless we, we just emails us? I'm not. I'm well, no one's going to answer. Saying. So, yeah, we should just leave our message off air and see if we can get him to pull. <laughs> we don't know, man. Leatherface might be uh, cranking some Beatles. I just, dude, we're just trying to find information. I don't, I don't know how that, unless they're trying to connect us to other people, also maybe looking into stuff. And they're, I don't know, I always feel like it could be, like, just a really old lady doing it. Like, or someone looking, <laughs> like, someone just like learned, a, like, like a county clerk or something like that? Yeah, I don't know, somebody who had access to something and... Like, who's the one, who's the one that was, uh, refused to, to grant a gay marriage license in, <laughs> in Alabama or wherever it was, and she came uh, out of the courthouse, what is going on? I don't even know. <laughs> Again, like I said, I don't know. I mean, like I said, the only thing you should do is call the number and just ask him to call us back or something. I don't yeah. Know. No, it just blows my mind. I would think a lot of people were curious about it, and it's just weird that we were the only people like in the last how many years? I mean, but I can't find anything else on most of the internet about yeah. it, so there's no reason that there's no reason that anybody. I mean, I don't know how many people know about this website. Yeah. Are you receiving my transmission, or am I speaking to myself? Late Tuesday, and we go live with this episode, what, in a couple hours? In a couple hours. Um, but we kind of had to break in a little bit because there's brand new information. We record the show Sundays. Everybody, I think, kind of yep. knows that. We record a couple days in advance, mm-hmm. right? Try and get it edited, which you've been a, doing a fantastic job. Oh, thank you. And this morning, I saw some new stuff being posted on the website. I didn't check it yesterday, but Wilcut apparently saw a new voicemail go up. <laughs> what is going on right now? <laughs> I, this this website hasn't been updated in like five years, six years, something like that. And suddenly it's had four updates in the last like four days, five days. It almost feels like the activity that we're pushing, it's just bringing this thing back to life for some reason. I mean, I guess so. I mean, there wasn't a, a very much stuff on Olivia Maybell when we first ran across this story. And at least now, I mean, granted, a lot of the, the stuff you find on Google is is us, you yeah. know, because we're making our film. But like Eric Olson was, was uh, he's a guy from America's Most Haunted. He's been talking to us. He wrote an article kind of based on our short film, like our, our PR, our press release yeah. that we put out there. And I I didn't know that he'd called this number, but apparently he called the number on the website, same as us. Yeah, and he posted. <laughs> his voicemail just got posted. I mean, this is really. I'm not weird. the only one. Yeah. So hold on, I'm, we're we're gonna play this because we gotta. I mean, this is a guy we're gonna be on a radio show with next week. Yeah, which and, is gonna be trippy. I mean, suddenly he's he's in the thick of uh of a story he did. I mean, he wrote an article about and and was talking to us about our our experience with it. All right, here's this is this is the the voicemail that was posted on the 1st uh, of February, so just yesterday. Hi, this is Eric Olson with America's Most Haunted. Uh, I'm actually writing an article uh largely based on the information on the website, your website, where I found this number. I've just uh had some more questions. I'm curious as to where some of that 
information on the site came from. I'm also interested in the relationship between that page, uh, the Olivia Mabel page, and this new thought form film. Um, so I'm just trying to follow up and uh, close some loops and uh, cross some T's and dot some I's. I'm at it's Eric Olson with America's Most Haunted website, radio show, social media, book, etc., etc. List Thank of fears. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So, I mean, that's the guy I've been talking to on the phone. Yeah, he's looking for the same information we are. And this guy's just, or this person is posting. Well, that's what he called me for. I mean, the, the obviously he's interested in the the film we've got. But one of the couple of the questions he asked me was, "What more do you know?" Because I mean, there's there's nothing else. I mean, this is the only website I've ever been able to find. Yeah. And I I don't know, you know, I mean, there's there's that Drew Navarro blog that that is one of the sources for some of those the the drew navarro clip on here but yeah there's, i mean there's not much else that, that goes along with this whole story so i don't know i don't know what he's known i haven't actually talked to him in a in a little while i mean i think that's kind of have has been the most weird part of this whole thing is we literally are basing everything off of this thing and now it's there's activity with it again well, and i can't like we can't whenever i talk to someone about what we're doing and what we're filming it's like we're trying to find information about this case if it's even real and we can't find anything else and so now this is happening well, and it's yeah i i was less concerned with it being real or not once yeah. we started like taking our our steps forward like making this film it became realer to me yeah in the, for sure in the film film world of it it's just weird that now after years like you're probably right it is probably because we're bringing some attention to it i don't know how much traffic this page has gotten um but it's it's probably due to us mentioning and 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 google just kind of blowing up with olivia maybell because a lot of stuff has olivia maybell in the title also yeah. you know, a lot of these write-ups and people write them and those are all going to show up on google searches so i wonder if we've been bringing more traffic to that site and suddenly our interest is like piss somebody off or something like that. Cause what happened this morning, this is what got me this morning. I woke up this morning and I was checking it out. Um, because I saw Jennifer's post. I saw her, her reblog or retweet of, of this Eric Olson voice. Yeah. And I saw that, there's another voice. There's like, well, I, I don't know that it's a voicemail because nobody's like introducing themselves. It's just, it sounds like just, just this weird announcement or something like that. And then there's a death certificate. There's a piece of paper on there that looks like it's the death certificate of Aiden Maybell. Well, I mean, they've got right. it's they've got things blacked out, so there's no way to know. Like, obviously, uh, well, redacted. I mean, social people, security. They're not redact stuff all the time. I exactly. It maybe it just means that there is. Well, people will take social securities of dead people. Yeah. And literally run credit and open up lines of credit with people, you know, dead people's social securities from yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, because it's all run by algorithms and computers, right? So right. if they yeah. don't have access to the death records at, you know, Washington Mutual, then maybe they, uh, maybe they accidentally approve Mr. Aiden Travis Maybell Jr., which I didn't even know that he's a junior. Hold on, let's read through this thing. This is insane. So seven years, one month, how many days? 23 days 23 old? 23 days. That's, I mean, seven years old. What were you doing at seven? Playing with cars. I don't know. Playing with cars, like like chasing cars, like running in streets? Yeah, chasing cars and getting hit by... Uh... But uh, can you imagine that's it? I mean, that's the thing is I was exploring. Like, we had woods behind my house, and so I... I mean, it's not, it isn't a mystery that this kid died or drowned on his property or however he died. Like, it says, what does it say? It only says uh, accidental death. Death by misadventure. Like, just slipping. And of all the explorations I did as a kid, yeah. I'm like, oh, I yeah. lived, you know? Yeah, and it's, yeah. Well, but we saw this happen at my parents' house. With all the rain that we went through at Thanksgiving, you know, the back half acre of their entire property line yeah. was, was just full of water it was like a pond and yeah. i mean that right there happens in texas all the time plains and 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 these vast fields have these the accumulations of water dude can you imagine driving up a driveway at some point and seeing one of these ponds of water and suddenly noticing that that your little boy is like uh, looking, i mean that is, is that morbid that's really morbid i mean it's 
to me, I Truly imagine macabre. like if he was walking around, I could see at well, seven years old, you're walking around and you're able to like kind of wade through the water. Sure. And all of a sudden you hit a dip somewhere and you just don't know how to swim. Lose your balance or, or something. I don't like that. know. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, head trauma, but I mean, it doesn't mention anything like that. I no. mean, he knocked himself. I don't know. Oh, I have no dude, idea. Travis Maybell had to sign this thing. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, that's so I, I weird to see that signature and be like, that's the signature when he was like, that's the dude. This is my. Yeah. I mean, when did ha- this April 1990? OK, so that's when this was was stamped, at least. Place of burial. A long time ago. Place of burial is completely removed. It's blocked out. 26. So he would be 33. Yeah. Something like that. Right. Dude, that's ridiculous. That's really weird. Uh, OK, so, yeah, he would have just turned what? 33. Yeah, he would have just turned 33 years old. Holy shit. <laughs> Is someone screwing with us? So you listened to the voicemail that accompanies this, right? Yeah. It's the, freaking... The... Dude, I don't know what to think of any of this. This is creepy shit. Yeah. He's... I don't know. I mean, he, he doesn't sound mad. I don't know, dude. That Play it. I mean, I, that sounds mad to me. So we have no idea where this is coming from. Look, she was out of her mind. That's all you need to know, okay? The boy is dead. Simple as that. Just stop. Stop digging. I don't know. It just feels like whoever is doing this doesn't want anybody like if that is the person who's running the site, they probably don't want us doing this shit. Like all of a sudden we're swooping in to do a movie based on this thing that's been left there. Yeah. I don't know. Like all of a sudden they're dealing with someone who who's putting a spotlight on some research they're trying to do or getting they're getting hurt. We're almost cock blocking their research because we're doing they haven't done anything in 10 years. But our film isn't even a documentary on this shit. It's a well, exactly. film. It's that a completely too. fictional film. Yeah. So it's weird that we're just trying to find out more information just so we can implement other elements to our story. And then all of a sudden this stuff is happening. I don't really understand. Even if even if the story is not real, there might be more elements to the story that this person like kind of came up with that could help. It could help make make our film better. Yeah. But I don't know. I kind of like thinking it's real. I want to assume whoever's running the site is probably listening to our show. So if there is more information, oof, I didn't think about that. If I was doing something like that, and then I found out like a show was covering my own research, I would definitely listen to see what they're doing. Yeah, the part that weirds me and wigs me out about it is that he's not doing it directly. He's not doing it well. Uh, I, I'm going to assume it's a him. I'm going to assume whoever the hell that is on the voicemail is who's doing this. Yeah. Whoever I, I mean, it's not like he's emailing it to us and and like. He's not like terrorizing us. He's not trying to like, you know, threaten us or anything like that. Like you see some old man in some of those movies, like Enemy of the State or whatever. You know, we've completely infiltrated his his gunsmoke time. I don't know. Sitting down in front of the TV. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean. I'm just curious as to where this is going to go because I I don't know what else. I mean, should we keep trying to reach out or? That person communicated to us clearly with that, but not message. directly. He didn't send it to us, which means I yeah. don't know that I don't know that we can do anything about it. I don't know. Maybe Eric Olson can get a hold of this guy and like get pissed off because his phone number's on there. Whoever runs OliviaMaybell.com, we're not trying to like look into the case. We're not investigators. We're not detectives. We're not the fucking Hardy Boys over here. We love the story. We love your story. Whatever it is, whether this is is real and you've got some sort of personal connection to it, I'm sorry if that's the case because this is a fucking tragic story. There was never any intention for us to be insensitive about this kind of... It's almost like this is supposed to be a documentary or something. Should we now find out more information? Who the hell is this guy? Is this like Catfish? Are we getting catfished? Are we getting cat... He's he's got our email address. You know, if if he's offended, we really encourage you to, to... reach out and and let us know let us i mean just an open dialogue please don't tell us to stop please don't tell us to like (laughs) not use your story or anything like that but i mean literally all we want to do we want to to create this piece of art we want to tell this story in a way that's not like you said insensitive we just we we want to turn it into a a a tale yeah Well, um, on that kind of weird note, uh, go check out thoughtformfilm.com. I'm glad we have completely made a weird, awkward <laughs> mark on a website that we have. Yeah, that's just really strange. Yeah, I mean, it's the it sat almost dormant for almost like six years, and suddenly it's our voicemail. I feel uncomfortable that we did that. Uh, see that? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, that's I I don't know how to. 
how to make the situation feel any better. Yeah. And uh, the only people who can really answer that for us that I can think of right now is Legal Shield. Oh. But I mean, it's yeah. it's ten thirty at night. Let's just make our movie and. Uh... Oh, oh man! I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get Leatherface, dude. We're uh, totally gonna get Texas Chainsaw. Don't do it. It's not happening. <laughs> You're freaking out over here, man. Nah, nah it's yes. not gonna, I'm yes, not worried are. about that shit. Yes, I don't are. worry about that. Cause I yes, can... you are. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll try calling back and, and... Hey, when the chaos gets real, the four agreements. <laughs> uh, four agreements. Uh, go check out the book. Yes. So for this week on 64th episode of Hi Dare, everybody, I'm Ian. And I'm Joe, and uh, yeah, hit us up on platformfilm.com. <laughs> we, we gotta, gotta go. go. <laughs> you, 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 I think you've said that. That one was a repeat, but hey, ones. we yeah, gotta yeah, push yeah. this shit. I know, but I, I mean, we gotta. We we've been pushing this shit. All right, we can always do we can multiple endings. Let's, uh, let's see, let's see what's our theme what's song just now started, so we can do whatever we want. Oh no, 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 we can't. We All can't, of these, we, we can't air our dirty laundry like oh, that. We, yes, we, we can't totally do this fling shit. it out like the blooper reel. <laughs> oh, shit, it's the blooper reel. Um, for this week on Hide Air, I'm Ian, and I'm Joe, and make like a dolphin. We, we gotta, gotta go. Follow us on Twitter at Hi Dare Pod. Get your ass online because uh, Hyder.com misses you.